As a result, they completed this eight-day outage. Um, this was only one of the uh, key actions that came out from the frontline guys, but they completed this outage in five and a half days, basically a full 30% improvement over That's the original great. plan. Really, the dollar impact was uh, close to half a million dollars for the client. Welcome to another CI for Life podcast. I am Rick Hyland with RLG International. This is a podcast for those individuals passionate about personal and professional continuous improvement. Our purpose, as always, is to provide current and future C-suite leaders the mindset, skill set, and tool set to become leaders of continuous performance improvement. Today's topic is unlocking innovation and creativity in your workforce. Executives agree on the importance of innovation, but are often dissatisfied and lack clarity on what the problem is to how to improve. From a McKinsey Global Innovation Survey, McKinsey analysis says 84% of executives uh, agree that innovation is important to a growth strategy, and only 6% are satisfied with current innovation performance. In addition, Booz & Company from a 2011 Global Innovation 1000 report showed a clear difference in both revenue, 11% higher, and EBITDA, 22% higher uh, growth in favor of more innovative organizations. Every organization can agree on the importance of innovation in the workforce and workplace. It might be keeping up with technology changes or to keep up with business model changes. It might be to come up with new products and services to keep you relevant in your fast-moving product segment or others might just innovate to gain productivity gains for enhanced profitability. For a variety of reasons, all businesses need to innovate. The harder question is how. That's the thing that we'd like to tackle today. Many companies and individuals are struggling to figure out how to innovate and optimize their work processes and their jobs. Many people believe that if you just hire the right people and give them time, that will drive innovation. In our experience, that is not the case or at best, an expensive way to innovate. Don Saul, a senior lecturer of MIT, at MIT Sloan School of Management agrees, and I quote, too much constraint can stifle innovation, but too little is just as bad. A blank sheet of paper sounds nice in theory. In practice, pursuing novelty without guidelines can overwhelm people with options, engender waste, and prevent the coordination required for collective innovation. Simple rules can inject discipline into the process by providing a threshold level of guidance while leaving ample room for creativity and initiative. We agree and find that so true, that to get innovation out of the front line, you need a simple structure as to not stifle, but uh, we find the waste in organizations isn't so much within functions, but it's the cross-functional opportunity to get people to collaborate in a meaningful way through, fi through following simple rules, as Don Saul suggests. So what are the simple real rules to unlock innovation and creativity in the workforce? I'd like to share five simple rules today. Please note that these five simple rules of innovation are mindset, skill set, and tool set recommendations. Solutions that don't drive all three will not drive a sustainable culture of innovation. So rule number one, create the expectation for innovation. Management must, management must create the expectation and the need. One of the best examples is US President John F. Kennedy in the 1960s. He created the expectation to have a man on the moon in the decade. Of course, we know that they were successful in doing that, despite what some of the NBA stars were quoted on saying last year. 
it is not enough just to create the expectation. There must be resources and process to deliver, deliver it, as Don Saul already, and the quote I already read from MIT School of Management. Remember to be specific in your requests as to not create waste or confusion. Let me give you a simple example. For example, an executive or a manager might say the cost of our West Texas operation needs to come down 25% in the next 12 months, and then task your team to find innovation ideas to save those costs. At quarterly reviews, reinforce the innovation message again and again and again. By the way, this is the easiest of our five simple rules or recommendations. Point number two, critically important, allow learning mistakes. Build a culture in your reinforcement where mistakes, innovation mistakes, as long as they're learned from, are allowed and encouraged. This simple principle is critical in order to drive an innovation culture. Thomas Edison is famous for saying, and I quote, I have not failed, I've just found 10,000 ways that won't work. Many of life's failures are people who did not realize how close they were to success when they gave up, unquote. Create a culture where curiosity, experimentation, and failure are allowed. Bill Ambrose shared in episode 23 of this podcast that one of his foundational leadership learning moments early in his career was when he made a mistake and his boss didn't jump on him but simply asked what he learned. He described it as a valuable leadership lesson that gave him confidence to excel. Rule number three of innovation, critically important, listen and engage the right people. I have two points here. One, you need deep subject matter experts to innovate. Point number two, we believe the people closest to the problems are best suited to come up with the right answers to innovate. Let's go back to point number one. Use outside experts to give expert insights on how to innovate on current problems. Did you know that Apple iPod was developed by external experts? At your innovation and optimization sessions, make sure the expert on the piece of equipment or process is in the room to help the group come up with creative insights for improvement. One caution from experience is to make sure that individual doesn't dominate as to overshadow the frontline employee's creative thought. Hopefully the external experts have been trained and coached as influence leaders. Point number two, researchers Ronald Bejeto of University of Oregon and May C. Kaufman of California State University suggest that, quote, there is compelling empirical evidence in support of the important role that deliberate practice plays in superior creative performance. So who are the ones in your business that have the most deliberate practice with your business processes and practices? It's the front line. McKinsey and Company is quoted as saying, at companies they have, that have successfully empowered their frontline managers, the resulting flexibility and productivity generate stronger financial returns. Here's a fun example of deliberate practice and frontline innovation. Paul McCartney and Julian Lennon of the Beatles were writing and playing together for five and a half years before their first number one hit. And it was Please Please Me. Out of deep expertise and practice comes creativity and deep insight for improvement. Tap into your front lines, deep knowledge of the business, and you will drive innovation. In our manufacturing innovation and optimization work, our perfect collaboration is when we have three essential elements. Number one, the front line available to come up and solve their own solutions, and you'd be surprised how often we get pushback on that. Number two, key experts inside the company or outside that are experts in the technology, equipment, or process. And number third, just as important, outside facilitation so that all ideas are heard, captured, and followed up on. That's the innovation trifecta. 
Let me share some examples using these essential elements of innovation. I've asked Rob Gilbronson to join us to share some innovation examples and ideas. Rob, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Rick. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, Rob is a vice president and business unit leader with RLG International, has been with the company for nearly 25 years. That's hard to believe, Robbie, but true. Um, share a little bit more of your background with us, Rob. Sure, Rick. As you mentioned, yes, I've been with RLG for nearly 25 years. Uh, worked in a variety of industries from forestry to mining to petrochemicals. Uh, I'm actually a chemical engineer by training, and I worked in the petrochemical industry as a process engineer um, before returning to school to do my MBA. Um, following my MBA, I actually returned to the petrochemical uh, industry as uh, working in labor relations before joining RLG. Um, from a, a personal level, Rick, as you know, I'm a big golf enthusiast and I certainly enjoy hiking as well. Yeah, I've seen you in the golf course. You do well. So, Rob, let's jump in. I've asked you to join and share a couple of examples of frontline innovation sessions that uh, we've been involved with. So uh, jump right in and share an example with us. Sure. Let me start, uh, Rick, by sharing an example from uh, uh, one of my clients, a manufacturing plant. Okay. And their uh, semi-annual shutdown uh, for major maintenance. Um, it was scheduled for uh, eight days in this case. Uh, based on a similar shutdown at uh, a sister plant, really an identical sister plant. Um, the critical path in this case was the removal of a, uh, a very large roll in the manufacturing process, a roller that's part of the key to the process. Um, the sister plant had done that job about a year earlier and had really struggled um, to remove the roll and cause them to exceed the, uh, the timeline on their outage. Um, what we, we ran an innovation session, an optimization session with frontline employees. Uh, I'd say there was about a dozen uh, frontline employees in the room. Okay. Um, and one of the critical actions that came out of it um, was the need for a special uh, torque wrench to uh, take this roller off. And it was, I, I vividly remember it, it was an 80 Newton meter torque wrench uh, with a special head configuration uh, designed by the manufacturer of the of the roller and only available from them. Um, one of the mechanics who had actually been at the sister plant and, and helped them with their outage spoke up. He was a, a, a really a quiet individual, but spoke up and said, you know, we need the special wrench to be able to do this job. Um, and further investigation, they determined that the wrench was only available from the, the roller manufacturer, which was actually based in Germany. Um, but they, uh, they ordered the wrench, they made sure it was uh, available in time for the outage. Um, and uh, as a result, uh, they completed this eight-day outage. Um, this was only one of the uh, key actions that came out from the frontline guys, but they completed this outage in five and a half days, uh, basically a full 30% improvement That's over the original great. plan. Yeah, and, and really the dollar impact was uh, close to half a million dollars for the client. Great example. Okay, so Rob, let's let's go a little deeper into that and give some context about the process that we put in place. That was only one of the actions, but kind of give the background. What's the process we're putting in place to get to those kind of frontline innovative ideas? Yeah, so Rick, what we did was uh, we facilitated a, what we would call in RLG a TMP session or an optimization session. Uh, it occurred about I think it was about six weeks ahead of the outage in this case. Um, we had, as I said, about a dozen people in the room. Um, 
frontline maintenance uh, employees, both electricians and, and millwrights, as well as um, uh, there was a contractor in the room. So Good. we got all the frontline people. Typically, what would have happened um, with this client, it would have just been the, the supervisors uh, may have gotten together to review the plan, but this was engaging the, the guys that were actually going to turn the wrenches. Yeah, which is critical as we've been talking about. So, Rob, this how many actions came out? And of course, TMP stands for the theoretical maximum performance. Um, and uh, it sounds like uh, about six weeks beforehand, a dozen people, including contractors, and that was one of the actions. Give an example. Yeah. How, how many actions? How long was the session? Uh, the session was uh, was uh, about four hours, okay. um, and there was about fifty to sixty uh, actions came out. Oh, some that's of them, significant. some of them, you know, fairly small, just to to add a step into the plan or to uh, um, you know do something ahead of it. But um, but it was significant, and of course, then uh, for the next for the six weeks prior to the shutdown, it was the process of how do we make sure we close these actions out and get the benefit that was identified by the frontline employees. Awesome. So five and a half days instead of eight, using frontline innovative ideas. One one idea in particular turned out to be a game changer. That's great. Um, so Rob, let's go to a different industry and share another innovation idea. Sure. Um, Another client of mine in the mining industry um, planned a 14-day uh, outage to replace uh, some vibrating screens uh, in their, uh, the fourth floor of their processing plant um, that took the, uh, the material from underground and, and ran it across these vibrating screens as part of the processing on the surface. Um, the screens were in an extremely congested area um, they'd done de-bottlenecking projects over the years, and there was just not much room on the, this, this particular area. Um, so we ran a, a TMP session. Uh, we had about uh, 20 people in the room. Um, the mechanics, obviously, that were going to do the job, Great. the operations guys that were going to had to shut the screens down, prepare them for maintenance, as well as start up uh, the new screens once they were installed. Um, and... Uh, that was, uh, you know, that was a key group. And there was one individual that I remember uh, vividly. Um, we had met him during our assessment at this particular client, and uh, he was um, an individual that was not shy to express his belief that the company was, uh, you know, didn't know how to run their business and that, that uh, you know, he, he had better answers to the how to run the business than the executives at the plant did. So um, he was a... Uh, we took a big risk, I'd say, by including yeah. this individual in the session. You know, we, we, we felt it would either he would uh, either wouldn't participate and would just sit there or more likely he would try to derail the session. Um, but we were uh, thankfully wrong on both uh, both points. Um, he was actively involved in the session, uh, came up with uh, several great ideas. Um, and uh, one of them hey, was Rob, just just on that. Isn't that often the. Um, turns out, how many times has that happened to us where you've got a very, uh, what would look like a, a person that's not bought in, a very uh, vocal, visible employee that when he or she sees the ideas being listened to and followed up on can turn into a real champion uh, for the plant. Yeah, so, and that was a great example. The, yeah, definitely the case in this uh, that after the session, once. Uh, um, 
you know, his ideas were accepted and worked on and stuff, you, you definitely saw a change in this individual and, and his Boy, we see that a lot, don't we? Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. Carry on. So, so um, anyway, one of his key ideas was, uh, you know, I'll say relatively simple, but it was a, a way to assemble a lot of the components despite the cramped location uh, ahead of installation. And uh, he worked with the mechanics that were involved and figured out a plan to uh, how they could assemble as many of the components as possible uh, before installation. Um, and the end result, uh, the initial plan was for a 14-day outage in order to install these uh, two vibrating screens. Um, they completed the entire uh, job in seven days, so uh, uh, half the time. And... Uh, and resulted in um, additional production for the facility and uh, really about $4 million of additional contribution. Oh, that's fantastic. What another great example from mining. Yeah. All, all using was, frontline involvement and highly facilitated innovation sessions. Yeah, go ahead, yeah. Rod. Well, and it was just, as I said, it was that individual, once he saw that, that his ideas were being used and he was being listened to, it actually opened up not only for him to be a, a bigger contributor, but he was a, 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 an individual that a lot of the hourly guys looked sort of looked to it to set the tone. And once they saw that he was participating and actively involved, it, it facilitated um, a general improvement in the involvement of all the hourly guys, whether it was operations or maintenance, because they saw this individual as as uh, well if he's going to participate i guess we should get on board as well isn't that true you get the influence leaders involved and their ideas listened to and follow up and there's just so much cultural benefit and performance benefit to it so hey rob really appreciate you taking the time to join us today have a great day thanks rick you too take care really appreciate rob joining us and sharing those specific and simple examples of innovation from the front line again we're sharing our five rules of innovation uh, number one was to create the expectation for innovation. Rule number two was to allow learning mistakes. Rule number three was to listen and engage the right people. And now rule number four, provide a simple facilitated process for innovation. Some companies such as 3M allow their employees 20% of their time off to innovate. This has been a worthwhile process for companies such as 3M. But what if you don't need new product innovation? What if you just need better ideas to improve a work process and reduce waste? McKinsey Consulting encourages regular calls between networks of folks across large companies to share best practices and solve problems together. We find that these are good steps, but don't totally break down the silos that stifle innovation. Also, the networks don't engage the real experts, the front line. Provide your frontline teams with a simple process to innovate. It will be a group collaboration of effort of those who have deep knowledge of the problem or opportunities is where you will come up with the next powerful innovation. For example, as Rob's examples illustrate, we use our TMP or theoretical maximum performance process to have a group come up with creative ideas. As you heard Rob talk about, often out of a four to eight hour session, the front line and experts will come up with 20 to 30 ideas to optimize a schedule that can result in savings of two to four days of time. The value, time value of these factors is often in the 500,000 to a million dollars a day category. Key to an innovation process is allowing all parties to safely participate without judgment or bias. A note here, everybody has to feel safe to share. We often have companies say, well, we have a 
schedule review process or we get people together to try to innovate, but it's not really coming up with ideas. It just confirms the schedule. And I would say to that, it's because you're not doing it right. Everybody has to feel safe, regardless of position or authority or function. Ops isn't king. Everybody has an equal voice in the room. And when people feel safe, they'll share their ideas as uh, the data is presented properly. Another key to an innovation session is to ask what if. A powerfully asked what if question about a schedule or a process and then facilitated prof properly can unlock innovative ideas that can save millions of dollars in cost and production. And then rule number five, create and return and report culture of accountability. Easier said than done. Create an expectation that commitments matter. If you promise to follow up and, and received an action item or to complete a task, then do it. Give people a vehicle to return and report so that they can show and report on their commitments. You can all, get, you can all have all the expectations of the world, but if you don't follow up on agreed actions or ideas, then you will not have a culture of innovation. We encourage the creation of visual management boards with a section of the board to specifically address follow-up on previously agreed items. Don't let one good idea fall through the cracks. If you want to reverse cynicism in the workforce and engage and build trust, follow up on their ideas. It's that simple. Everyone likes to be listened to and to feel in control of the workplace. There is a high correlation between listening to ideas, which leads to trust, engagement, which leads to more innovation. So those are the five simple rules to innovation. Number one, create the expectation for innovation. Number two, allow learning mistakes. Number three, listen and engage the right people. Number four, provide a simple facilitated process for innovation. And number five, create a return and report culture of accountability. In our literature research, both in TED Talks and online with McKinsey and Harvard Business Review, we find the ideas very helpful, but very conceptual and, and high level. And what we meant to share with you today is some deep insight into five practices that if you embed in the work, workforce, you will unlock incredible amounts of innovation, creativity, and job satisfaction. This has been another Continuous Improvement for Life podcast with Rick Hyland with RLG International. For more information, uh, for blogs and videos, find me on ciforlife.org. Please share and like this podcast if it was helpful. Thanks for spending some of your valuable time with me. Until next time, live a life of sustainable, continuous improvement. Goodbye.